You're listening to the Far Post Perth podcast. News, views, and banter on everything football. Hello and welcome along to the Far Post Perth podcast. My name is Neil Sherwin, and I'm back for another uh, episode. We spoke a couple of weeks ago and said that we'd uh, we'd be back with more, I guess, more stories. But very little has happened. Um, there's still no football. But things have changed a little bit in terms of the the world and what's going on and lockdown and all that stuff. So uh, I'm joined by Blaine Threadgold as usual. How are you, Blaine? Good, I knew. How you going, mate? Not too bad. A little bit bored, but you know we'll get through it. Um, we've lost Donna, so Donna's a little bit ill. Uh, so that was a bit of a problem for us. But she set us up with a very, very able replacement. So I'm delighted to welcome her glory defender Alex Grant to the podcast. Alex, what's happening? Morning, fellas. How are we doing? We've upgraded, haven't we? <laughs> I think it's fair to say it is an upgrade. It is definitely an upgrade. No, we've been trying no to get... offense to Donna, she does a great job. Now we've been trying to get rid of her for years. Now we've got an opportunity. So it's those Melbourne victory links. Now this is good. This is good. But yeah, so we wanted to just have a chat with uh, with somebody who has been impacted by the whole situation. Obviously, there's a lot happening around the off the pitch stuff from the A League and and everything else. But the first question I wanted to ask you is, what are you doing with your time? Not a lot. Bickering with the missus now. We're getting on fine. But, I mean, um, there's not a lot really you can do. I mean, the, the club have given us programmes to carry out, um, you know, in this period. And the important thing really is to stay as fit as we can, which is hard, obviously, when you're on your own and, you know, you haven't got a ball to kick around with your mates. So, um, being in isolation and being a footballer can prove quite challenging. So, there's, um, you know, there's, there's plenty of things you can come up with going out for runs and stuff like that but yeah it's, it's been really uh, challenging mentally and um, you know trying to stay fit as well Is the mental side of it one of the big things because uh, you, you get you play a lot most people play football because they love being in a team environment you know being, being around your mates having a laugh as you say kicking a ball around with a few guys and whatever whether that's at park Sunday league level or whether that's a professional level everybody kind of gets into it for the same reason and now you've got that taken away from you is that is that difficult to process? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm like a dog without a bone at the moment, and you know, you, you get so used and used to to playing football day in day out, and you know, it's a profession that um, only a few are lucky to carry out, and you know, I feel like I'm blessed in that respect, and I think it's really made me appreciate, and I think I can speak on behalf of probably every footballer in the world that you know, it really you really do value your job and and you know your work and and how enjoyable it can be at times and you know as football has it ups and downs ups and downs you know and there's plenty of plenty of downs uh, not too many ups but uh, yeah it really does you do take it for granted sometimes so it's, uh, it's been really missed I think that goes for supporters as well you get used to being able to turn on the TV and there's a little bit more than the Belarusian Premier League on uh, on a Saturday night or a Sunday and we get used to seeing football from all around the world and there's just nothing at the moment. It's it's obviously, yeah, difficult. And especially going to games, you know, one of the best experiences you can have is going to watch your team play, score a goal, win a game. So I know there's plenty of fans suffering as well at the moment. And in terms of what the club are getting you to do, what, what does your training programme look like? Is it a certain amount of days a week, a certain amount of hours you have to log, different drills, diet, all of that? Is it, is it all individually programmed? Yeah, I guess when, when the club told us that uh, the league was being postponed and that the boys had the option to go home and um, we were given programs to to fulfill and carry out and obviously the lads have got to do that in their own time and and work out a way of doing it because I know the boys that went back over east um, a few of them had to go into quarantine so they're having to make do with 
um, you know, whatever facilities they've got, i.e. in a hotel room or a bedroom or a home, wherever they are. So it, it must be challenging for a few of them. I've not spoke to any of the boys over East, to be honest. It's been nice to have a breather from a few of them. So um, all the programmes generally is just a lot of running and, you know, keeping that endurance up because that's that's pivotal, especially coming into the, the last six or seven games of the season. You want to maintain that fitness and look, obviously, the match fitness and the sharpness has probably been taken away from the majority, majority of players now. So, it's uh, it's always funny, you know, when you when you do have a break or, um, you know, you get a little injury and you miss a few weeks, how quickly you can lose that sharpness. It, it does happen very quickly. So, I mean, there's a few exercises and a few drills that the uh, S&C coach Scott Smith set us and just to keep us on top of that as well. Is it difficult sometimes to get out of bed to motivate yourself to do that? Or, is it, or are you so drilled as a professional that that's your job, that's what I need to keep doing, even though there's that uncertainty about when you might actually kick a ball again. Is, is, there, is there some mornings where you get up and you know, you know what, can't be bothered. I'm just going to, yeah, but you still obviously still do it. But that mindset of saying, I could not, I might not be playing a game for another three or four months, would a day off or a day or two off kill me? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, it's like anyone in any line of work, they have good days and bad days and days where they get out of bed and, you know, they just go, oh, I can't be out doing it today. And footballers are in the exact same boat where, you know, some days you wake up and you feel tired or your body's not feeling right in some respects or, you know, you've got something on that you've been putting off and you you put it on the back burner uh, going out for a run. But uh, yeah, it, it can be challenging and that's what I'm saying with the mental toughness you've got to have in at this time is, you know, pivotal and really important. Um, so that's probably the, the main thing that players probably will struggle with over this time is, you know, getting out of bed and going for a run. So, especially with the heat that we've had the last few days as well, which hasn't helped. So I've kind of put it off to late in the evening and I've been out for one this morning as well. So it's hard as well on your on your own. And I'm not a massive fan of running. If anyone's seen me play, I don't do too much of it on the pitch. So, <laughs> um, you know, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a massive fan of it. And especially doing it on your own, it can be uh, really tough. Bang on, I, I despise running as well. That's why I kick a ball. I chose the ball for three or four hours. It's time to run in a straight line. No chance. We'll get to the hard-hitting questions. Alex, what are you? Um, what albums are you listening to? What games are you playing in your downtime? Yeah, well, that's it. That's where the bickerings have uh, come about with the misses. I'm playing too much FIFA, apparently, so I've had to uh, throw the PlayStation up on Gumtree and hopefully someone takes it off our hands because I'm getting in the, I'm in the doghouse soon if I carry on playing that too much. But... I, uh, you know, I use that as a bit of homework, you know. I mean, you can, uh, you can learn a lot about how to play football on FIFA, I guess. But, I mean, I've been watching a lot of classic matches on Optus Sport, um, you know, uh, you know, wherever I can uh, get a bit of a dose of football. You haven't I'll, I'll been, try and do that. Have you been trying to get around the Belarusian Premier League at all? You haven't, uh, you haven't embraced the uh, old FK Mighty Slutsk, have you, mate? I've not missed it that much, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a time and a place and there's probably never a place for the uh, Belarusian Premier League. I think there's plenty more out there to keep people occupied. But there's a, there's, a, there's a few people have decided to adopt the team there. It's a little bit strange, but it gives people something to do. Um, 
In terms of the uh, the lads, you said there you're not too uh, not too displeased to leave a few uh, to, to do their own thing for a while, and I know that's that's probably t- uh, tongue in cheek. But how do how do the players keep in touch? Uh, like, is is there is there much? I, obviously, you'd have a close group of, of the lads and that, but is there one big group chat where Papa's going in there and uh, cracking the whip, or is there is it just you have your own little circles of friends and you just bounce off each other and check in on each other? So I guess this is yeah. the sort of stuff the fans want to know the the dirty juicy stuff. Are you sharing all the all the memes around and who the, who's who's the the biggest characters? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's, there's a WhatsApp group flying around, and it has been uh, over the last few years or five years that I've been here. Every year we've had a WhatsApp group, and um, yeah, I guess if some of the stuff got out that was in those WhatsApp groups, it could <laughs> end, end careers. But um, you know, that's all part and parcel of being in a football team, and we all have that bond and that trust between each other, and. You know, thankfully, no one does leak anything or release anything that's actually said in there. But we're, we're a good group of lads and we get on well. And yeah, the banter's always flying around. So, um, who's, the, who's, the, who's, the, who's the one you wake up in the morning and there's 10 notifications from because they're bored or they're craving attention? Who would that be? Um, I don't know. I mean, there's a few. I don't know if I can swear. Don't spill your guts. You can swear. You can swear. <laughs> there's, a, there's a few shit stairs in there. I'm always up there. I'll always dish a bit of banter out. and I always go for the ones who can't take it because then they start nibbling, don't they? And we want names. Come on, give us some names. It starts getting personal. and <laughs> uh, I guess, obviously, Liam Reddy's always one who's flowing around with the banter and, and throwing it in there. And, and Dino will jump on board as well. Gino, Dino's always uh, throwing his two cents in, which I love because, you know, you don't get to see too much of Dino at the moment with him being injured and coming in at three o'clock in the morning or wherever he comes in at the training ground. So... Yeah, um, a few of the boys. Um, who else is there? There's a few quiet ones as well. You know, always, always left on red. They always read the messages, but um, you know, <laughs> probably <laughs> copying and pasting and sending it to another group chat somewhere else. And yeah, well, you know, in all seriousness, now you you do need those characters, I suppose. With with having gone so far into a season, done pre-season together, played twenty odd games, and then for it just to be nothing, you you probably need those characters to try keep the group going and keep the team spirit alive for when you do come back. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's part and parcel of being in a football team at any level. Um, you, you've always got your jokers and always lads who can, um, you know, pick you up in times like this and. Yeah, it's really important they have players like that. And then, like you said, there's players who, who don't dish, dish out too much banter. I mean, we've been, we haven't been getting too many photos from Juan Day. I know he loves his, um, his photography and I feel like at this moment in time, he's had plenty of time to uh, to take a few uh, photos and snaps on his drone. So hopefully he can throw a few of them in the, uh, in the group chat and we can rate him on it. I actually saw one on Twitter the other day, a nice panor- panoramic uh, picture of the city. He's still out and about by the looks of things. Uh, he's very, <laughs> very good. Gives you something to do, but no, he's very good. Um, in, ter- in terms of like as, as with, with, the, with the lads, and uh, is, is, there, is there one or two guys that you would, you know, try to play FIFA with? Or, you know, do you have a FIFA buddy, I guess, is the probably straightforward one. Is there anyone who's just your brother or, or what, what do you look for? Go online and play random kids from Middle East or Europe or well, what way do you do it? I know the start of the season there was um, there was a few lads who played FIFA, but they're all on Call of Duty now. I know that uh, Greg Wofford, Jay Brimmer, um, I think Dane Ingham and D'Agostino, they're the um, they're the four or five lads who who were playing till four in the morning or whatever it is, some nights playing Call of Duty. So they've been smashing that at the moment. So I don't know. I'll have to find out whether they've still been carrying on uh, whilst they've been in isolation. That's been me the last two days. Trust me, don't go there. 
it's what you get you get lost into a wormhole top football manager was bad but now I'm just Call of Duty for days so it's good uh, plenty of time on the hands Um, but what's it why have you been going out for walks I know there's social social isolating and all that and keeping your distance and everything else but I know you're doing your running and and all of that but as you say the weather is nice it's important to get out and about and we can't really go on holidays or anything so so what else outside of football is there and, and PlayStation what else can you be doing yeah, definitely. I mean, like me and my partner, Lauren, we got a, um, an American staff here last year, uh, Scarlett, so she keeps us busy as well and we've been taking her out most mornings, you know, any late we can find. Uh, we've been picking and choosing, really. We're quite spoiled in Perth, really, with, um, you know, all the little treks and walks and lakes and stuff you can walk around. So she's been uh, getting a few good miles into her legs. She has in, uh, you know, dragging us along. Just a little bit of a serious one, Alex. How's the communication been between you guys and the club and the PFA? Are you guys being given regular updates and everything else like that, or are you guys um, pretty much out of the out of the loop like everyone else in terms of what's going to happen and what the plan is going forward? Um, I mean, apart from the email I got um, with regarding to being stood down, I've not heard anything from the club um, in the last three weeks. So. Yeah, but the PFA have been good. They've been corresponding with the boys quite well. And obviously, we've got our PFA representatives in the team. I know Rocket and Vinny um, are in that group. So they've been, uh, you know, putting messages from the PFA in the group chat. And uh, Robbie Gasper, uh, another PFA representative, has, uh, I think, been calling the majority of the boys in the squad um, when he can. And, you know, that's been really good, just getting regular updates from them at where where they're positioned and where they're at, um, you know, with regards to everything that's going on. So it's been, uh, you know, really good in that respect from them. How do you how do you plan at a return? Obviously, the NRL has probably very, very ambitiously said that they want to try and get back sooner rather than later. But how do you guys plan as players to, I guess, set yourselves up for, a, I guess, a mini preseason and then get back into it? I think that's it. Playing to be honest with you, I think you just take every step as it comes and look at this moment in time. We're not even back into training yet. So until that happens and steps are made going forward, um, you know, in that respect, then we can maybe get excited about seeing football back on the screens in Australia. But at this moment in time, everyone's really at a standstill and we don't have any idea as to when it's going to come back. So the plan for us was to come back on the 22nd of April. And, um, you know, I've not had any word yet as to whether that that will happen. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Just on the season as a whole, um, I guess from a from a, a supporter perspective, there was a few maybe concerns uh, at the start of the season with, with results and it, it were a little bit slow to get started, I think um, is probably the way to put it. And, and that worry t- then ties in with the, the, the high turnover of players. You know, you lose Andy Kjell, you lose Speranovic, Davidson. Um, quality players that were part of a team that was so so good last year. Does does there ever any doubt creep into a, to a player's mind when stuff like that's happening, or you, do you trust the process, trust the coaching staff? And I mean, what 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 is your mindset when you see such a high turnover of players, and, and maybe the results don't start going your way from the from the outset? Um, well, to be honest with you, I felt like this year was probably the, the least in turn of players we'd had in the five yeah, years I've been here. That's I mean, probably fair. Yeah. <laughs> Even though they were still a lot, do you know what I mean? So yeah. every year now, you know what I mean? It's in the A League, it's you know people joke about it, but it can be like a merry-go-round, you know, with players coming here, there, and everywhere. And um, 
that's just one thing you've got to expect as a player going into each season that you're gonna there's gonna be a lot of new faces and you can be in the gym or on the training pitch one day and look round and there's like you said ten or ten or twelve new faces in the dressing room and it you know it can be take quite a while for that to sink in so you make a lot of mates on the on the way and you, you get to learn a lot about people so I mean that's one good thing to take from it but I guess like you said it, it can be difficult to uh, to dwell uh, to gel and you know get that camaraderie quickly and it's probably something yeah we did we went on the ball straight away and I think the performances I've always said the performances were kind of there but obviously the results didn't follow and I mean if we'd got results earlier on people would have said it differently if you watch those games back earlier on in the season um, I don't think we played bad there was only one or two games where maybe we didn't turn up and you know Central Coast springs to mind straight away so apart from that we were un- unlucky in a few games and you know should have come away with the three points and I feel like there's been you know numerous games this season where probably we should have took the three points and we either couldn't hang on or you know we were scraping for a draw. We know you're a big Man United fan and obviously there's the mob down the road, Liverpool, are almost on the brink of winning the Prem and everything like that. You're probably going to have a bit of a joke about, now, nah, bugger them, don't let them win a bloody thing. But how would you like the leagues to kind of finish? If worst comes to worst, the situation works out that we aren't going to finish these leagues. How would you like, as a player, uh, for these leagues to kind of finish? Um, well, for me, in my opinion, they, they have to finish. Um, doesn't matter when it happens. Um, you know, even if we have to wait months or... You know, even a year, um, you know, because obviously the state of things in England and, you know, it's terrible what's going on in Europe at the moment. The amount of people that are losing their lives due to this deadly virus. Um, you know, we've been quite fortunate in Australia that the government have dealt with it really well. So it could be months before football returns. And, you know, even if it's not that long and, and games are played behind closed doors, there has to be a resolution, especially with all the tears in, in the European divisions. It's just... <laughs> there'll be lawyers rubbing their hands together because if it doesn't um, come to an end, there's, there's going to be a lot of a lot of trouble. So you wouldn't be in favour of saying um, promote, I guess, uh, everyone this year and then double relegation, I guess, next year or any any solutions like that? Blaine, you're only yeah. saying promote everyone because you want Leeds to go up. Exactly right. I <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think just logistically, it's just, it's just too difficult to manage. Um you know, throwing out all these other possibilities or, you know, scenarios as to how you could work it. And I think, like I said, just the best way is to get it done. And it doesn't matter if you've got to play Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, just kind of get the games in, get it finished. And I mean, you know, see how it pans out. Well, what would your, um, as, as you say, get the games finished, but what would you think about playing in front of, uh, well, playing every game behind closed doors? I know that we, Glory were meant to have a game at HBF Park against Western United. That got called off pretty much at the last minute. What were your thoughts going in, into that as you prepped for that game? Would it have been weird without the shed there, without you fat bastard ringing out when the opposition takes a kick out? I mean, I'm sure you'd be gutted to miss out on things like that. I, well, I swear sometimes they're singing that about me, aren't they? But um, it, it'd be nice to have a breather from it. Now I'm joking. Um, I, well, to be honest with you, we came in, we always train at HBF Park the day before a game. So going into the game, um, I believe it was on a Monday, wasn't it? Monday night. Yeah. So Sunday night we had training um, at HBF Park. Um, and then we got called just before training. Um, I spoke to Lambo and I was like, Lambo, should I get changed? And he was... No, anyone who doesn't know Lambo is listening, he's a kit man, I'm sure you all know him. Um, and he was like, nah, probably probably best not, just take a seat, mate. And 
keep your stuff on. So we uh, we had Pinata and uh, Bernsey came in and just addressed the squad and basically said that the game had been cancelled. And during that ten minute meeting, I saw he got a phone call, uh, left the room, came back in and told us the game was back on again. So you know it was crazy, and he said, "Well, that's how think quickly things can change." Um, and the boss gave us the option to train or not, and the boys kind of just said, "No, nah, I would rather go home." Everything's a bit all over the shop at the moment. So the lads went home that night. Um, you know, we were going to train the day of the game on the Monday. Um, but we got a text message later on Sunday night saying that the game had been cancelled. So, you know, it, it was a crazy scenario and something that really no one was expecting. But, you know, like everyone keeps saying, it's unprecedented times and I feel like anything can, can be thrown at us at the moment. Let's just uh, have a little look at your own season um, because you a couple of a couple of years ago, was it two years ago? You had the injury, the interrupted season um, with illness and, and everything else, and it, it took a while for you to get back to full fitness. But this year, you were flying really, um, playing pretty much every game. Uh, even scored a goal. Uh, I was there for that one. That was great. <laughs> two successful crosses. Um, just so you can add that to your CV, uh, but, but but overall, you know, getting getting a run in the team, getting getting into that back three, which it was so good once it got going. How frustrating is it now that you know that's you just didn't haven't had to reach the conclusion with that yet and finish out the year because that that three at the back with with ready and goal behind was looking so so good for a, ma- a massive part of the season, especially over Christmas and New Year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we took a lot of good form going over the Christmas period and got some good results over there and then Greg got injured and I think boys who've come in have, have done a pretty solid job and it's always, I think that's one thing that the boss always, um, you know, addresses with the lads is that anyone can come in and do a job and the way he trains and the way he sets up his sessions, everyone's involved and everyone's asked to do a job at some point, whether it's only a game here or maybe five games, you know, throughout the course of the season. Everyone's expected to do their bit um, you know, lads who are coming off the bench. So that's one thing that since the boss has been in, he's kind of really implemented. And I think everyone's bought into and um, that they've got to affect the game or affect the team in some respect um, in any way they can. So uh, as a back three, yeah, or a back five, whatever you want to call it, with Rocket in there and the two fullbacks. Uh, yeah, we, we, we have done well. We've defended well all season. Um, you know, a few times we've probably let our I'd slip and I mean against Melbourne City last month that was a real disappointing game I think um, you know everyone in the team was bitterly disappointed but we showed a, a good second half performance um, in that game at home but yeah that was that was probably one that springs to mind that you know you're kind of really uh, frustrated with what areas of your own game do you think have, have improved so much over the past couple of years you're getting to mid-20s now peak for Defender probably you know twenty seven twenty eight or so. So you got a bit of time to, to to improve even further. But is there anything that you think has worked well, whether that's through the influence of, of Popovich or playing alongside some really experienced defenders, or what 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 do you think has has, has come on leaps and bounds for you in in the last year or two? Well, the boss says that I won't hit my peak till I'm thirty, and that's any centre back. So I'm still on getting onto that one as well. So um, yeah, I guess I mean him being a defender. Um, it's something he focuses on so much and if anyone was ever fortunate enough to come down and watch one of his sessions, especially on a tactical day, the, the amount of detail that goes into his sessions and as a player, I mean, anyone who's done a tactic session 
um, you know, at any level, it can be sometimes one of them where you're pulling your hair out and going, why are we doing this? But um, I guess the repetition of drills that he does, um, you know, really, he kind of does it so much that you're kind of doing it just for that one instance in a game. Um, And that's what I mean by the details. He looks at everything from the way you turn your body to the way and you know you, you defend crosses and your body positioning all over the park the way you run and um, everything's addressed everything's looked at and everything's scrutinized as well and you know you've got to be able to take the criticism to learn from it and that's one thing everyone makes mistakes in football and you know people will continue to make mistakes but it's trying to you know fine-tune those little details to make sure that you don't do it as often or um, you know not at all. He's quite a uh, intriguing kind of figure, Popovich. He, he's a, a lot different as a manager than what I remember growing up and watching him in the, you know that fantastic Socceroos side that we had, that we had in the you know um, Kills and Vadukas and you know beating England three one at Upton Park. Does he ever go back and talk about those kind of times with you guys? Yeah, no, he's not really one of those managers. I mean, he. Um, to be honest with you, yeah, he doesn't talk too much about his own career. I mean, that speaks for itself, doesn't it? So, um, you know, he had a fantastic career in, in England and I know he played in Japan and obviously in the A-League as well. So, um, you know, he did well, but obviously he's trying to pass his knowledge of the game now on to us and, and doing his bit as a manager. Um, and, you know, Hayden Fox is there as well, another experienced pro. And, you know, he played in the Prem and what have you. So, it's really good having those two there, and especially both of them being centre backs. It really helps my game. Just a quick one on on defending and players you played against. The old cliche is who's the hard, toughest player you've played against, and the usual names will probably spring to mind around in the A League: Borussia, McLaren, Fornaroli, whoever it may be. But is there someone a little bit obscure that fans may not think was a real threat? But you, when you played against them, either they they had they had things that matched up well against your game and you found it particularly difficult. Is there someone a little bit, maybe a bit different that you, you thought was difficult to play against? Yeah, I don't, I don't know really. I mean, they, since I've been in the A-League, well, this is my fifth season now, there has been, you know, a lot of good players and I always found, especially you mentioned there, Barisha and McLaren, they were always players who you'd look at them in a game and you'd think, you know, they don't do too much and but when the moment mattered or, they could hurt you um, just with like a snap of a finger. Um, you know, it was always quick. They'd hurt you and get a goal in here and you'd be thinking, geez, I've defended well all game. Um, and then, you know, they just get in or put one home from three yards out. So, yeah, in that respect, they, they were good at that that game and a, a goal poacher, as you like to call them. I know Andy Keel was one of those as well when he was with us. He'd always be in the right place at the right time and, I mean, you've got the big, strong strikers who hold the ball up well. And um, I remember when I first came in, my first year, Bruce Jitte was probably the toughest one I faced in that first season when Adelaide were flying and won the won the championship. Um, he springs to mind straight away. Um, but I don't know, really. I mean, <laughs> there's no one really there who springs to mind as a as a standout. To be honest with you, you forgot to I, mention Matt Simon. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> to be honest with you, I forgot about football so much. I forgot half the players in the league. So um, there's there's too many in your pocket. You've got to go through them all. <laughs> no, yeah, Matt Simon's a good player. I mean, he's one of them. He's 
he's an annoying guy to play against. He's one of those where you look over at the sideline and you see him coming on with about 15 to go and you might be <laughs> hanging on to a 1-0 lead and you're, and you're thinking, oh, for fuck's sake, not him again. <laughs> and, you know, like, he's just one of them. Um, he, yeah, can be an, an annoyance, but, you know, a, a good player. Um, and I've heard he's a great guy off the pitch as well, which is sometimes, you know, a hard pill to swallow because of how annoying he can be on the pitch. Oh, we'll give you give you one more quick question and then we'll let you go. Um, so I'm sure you've got plenty to do on this um, oh, busy Monday. Mon- <laughs> well, look, what's the future hold? You've, you've been at Perk Glory for five years. You've established yourself as a first-team player. What are your ambitions as a footballer? What are you looking to achieve? Whether that's with Perk Glory or, or elsewhere, What you, as you said, you, you have a few years to your peak as a defender. Um, clubs look at players that are playing first-team football week in, week out. What What's the future hold for Alex Grant? Um, to be honest with you, I, now, um, now that the dust has settled a little in this period of time, you kind of look at it and you can take a step back from football. And I think, like I said before, when you take it for granted to play at any level, it'd be it'd feel good now, even if it was meaning playing Sunday League this weekend. But I, I think definitely I have aspirations to, to play at a higher standard and a higher level. And that's no disrespect to the early because... You know, I've played five years here and I've, you know, enjoyed every minute of it. And I've learned a lot since I've been here, um, you know, and there's been a lot of challenges on the way, um, whether it being on the pitch or off the pitch with injuries and, you know, things alike. So, like I said, where that is and, you know, make, having aspirations to play a higher level, I, I don't know. Um, obviously, you have to have an offer on the table or um, interest from somewhere to, uh, you know, to be given that opportunity. But, I am happy here in Perth and I do like playing for the glory. I mean, um, you know, I've loved every minute of it, like I said. Um, and, you know, I'm looking forward to playing for the club in the future. I mean, I don't have my sights set on going to another club at this moment in time. Um, but that, like I said, is one thing somewhere along the line that I'd like to do. Um, and then obviously there's a chance of maybe playing for the Socceroos as well. And, you know, it's it's a funny game, football. I mean, I'd, I'd never write that off. I'd love to play for Australia. Um, you know, it'd be a dream of mine um, to achieve that. Um, definitely something that would be ticked off the list. And, you know, you, you've got to keep your feet on the ground and realise where you're at at this moment in time and maybe playing for Perth Glory in the A-League and no disrespect to the club, you know, especially as a centre-back, might not be the best place for me to achieve that at this moment in time. But, um I think somewhere further along the line that hopefully that could happen if I carry on playing well for the club. Um, you never know. I mean, obviously, players have played for the Socceroos from the club. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of talent out there who are playing at a lot better standard. And I guess it depends on what the manager's looking at at, at the moment in time when he picks his squad. Well, I think it's fair to say we hope you stick around for a little bit longer because over the past five years, you've turned into a, a bit of a fan favourite, um, whether that's socially, it, meeting with fans, everything else, and, and the no-nonsense performances on the pitch. It's it, it's good to have a player that's come through the local system here and, and you know is, is currently in the first team. I think one of the criticisms of Gloria over the past 10 years has been there hasn't been enough WA homegrown players in the team, and you're one of them. So I think people love to see that, and it's a feel-good story, but at the same time, probably... Probably wouldn't wish it. Wouldn't wouldn't wish a bad look if you went elsewhere. Yeah, every player should should strive to play at the highest level. And I think, um, Blaine, I think you probably agree with that. That we could see Alex playing 
somewhere else at a, at yeah, a, at no, a higher level in, I mean, for a couple ab- of years. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, if their performances uh, stay anything like that, they are, then no, there's nothing nothing to say that uh, you can't go uh, bigger and better places, Alex. Cheers, lads. Appreciate no, you. No, that's all right. We were just saying that so we can get you on again. That's all. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. No, we, we do. No, definitely wish you all the best. Look, thanks a million for coming on and giving us uh, half an hour of time or a bit longer than that. It's it's really appreciated and it's good to have a chat with them um, with somebody to find out what's just what's going on because nobody really knows what anybody's doing at the moment because everybody's Look, if, you find out, if you find out Neil can you let me know as well oh, well if there's any, any rumours we'll pass them around yeah I might start, just start a rumour just to keep people uh, keep people busy but now thanks a million for joining us and um, we'll definitely have you on again and, and catch up with you over the coming weeks or months whenever um, we get a hint of this football coming back awesome thanks very much lads appreciate it thanks for listening to the Far Post Perth podcast You can keep up to date with everything football by following us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at The Far Post Perth.